I don't. Yep. I probably just should sit this one out until we do the full episode. But <laughs> I will say that I vacillated from just like complete blind rage to like, all right, that's okay. Just, as I read it, each each new paragraph, each new heading, it was like, what the? All right. It looks really bad. When you pull up that table that yeah. shows the half caster, you're like, I'm going to lose it. Welcome to Monsters and Monster Class. I'm Ellie Odie. I'm Jared Bornigal. And I'm Will Melden. And on this episode, we are taking a look at the new 1D and DUA that just came out, the Player's Handbook Playtest 5. Not catchy name. Um, so we're, for this one, we're going to do, for the sake of just being timely and kind of getting something out, we are doing a quick overview of it. I know that's usually not us at all and not something we're good at, so we're trying it. We're going to try and keep it shorter, give a kind of an overview of the general design philosophies real quickly, what we feel of the classes, things like that. Um, but then because we are us over the next couple months, we will absolutely release probably an hour-long episode on every class change that's out there or every class that's out there going into depths on the changes and picking it apart and seeing where we come up with. So don't worry, we're doing both. Luckily, Wizards of the Coast is so slow to release these Unearthed Arcanas, <laughs> we will certainly get these all out before the next one. Yeah. All right, so to start off, we are just going to go down the the line here in the, the playtest. And the first thing, and one of the most uh, weighted, anticipated changes to the, the Unearthed Arcana is the, the weapon masteries. Uh, that have been added. And overall, there are just some changes to the weapons, but I think the weapon masteries are are easily the, the most important part. Uh, so weapon masteries in quick summary here are just properties that uh, characters that are, are normally able to be martially focused, you know, your fighters, barbarians, uh, they'll be able to take advantage of these, these mastery properties that are associated with weapons. Different weapons have different properties as they are. So like a hand axe has Vex. What does Vex mean? Vex means if you hit a creature with this weapon and deal damage to the creature, you have advantage on your next attack roll against that creature before the end of your next turn. So they're kind of just little riders added on to the weapons to make martial characters feel like they've got a bit more tactical options in combat. Um, First thoughts, anyone? I know I have mine, but I don't want to ramble too long. Yeah, I, I don't like them in the sense of giving marshals more tactical choices because they're not choices. They're always on things, and I don't think they satisfy that. I like them, though, in terms of making the weapons unique and distinct because we've always, that's just a common complaint, and we've definitely complained about it, um, where within 5th edition, you know, the weapons, there's kind of usually optimal choices and not huge differences between them, and it's kind of like you just sort of pick whatever, and it's not that big a deal for the most part where these masteries do a good job of actually making it a choice of what weapon type you want to use and maybe even changing it per the situation. And you would have a reason to switch from a great axe to a um, Morningstar or whatever right. ba- based on the situation. Because these masteries are, they're pretty strong. When I was seeing that's all the changes that were to them was like the weapons, they basically just added masteries. I was worried it was just going to be like on a crit this happens or like up to your proficiency modifier per long rest, you can do this. It's like, okay, that's not going to be enough to do it. But this is like on every swing, every hit, something cool happens. Yeah. They're more like cantrip riders, you know, like with uh, a ray of frost where it reduces speed by 10 feet when, when you hit with it. Uh, So it is going to come up nearly every single turn. The one thing that I don't 
love about them is that since they are tied to the weapon and most of them you don't gain any advantage from doing twice, there's a bit of oddness where it becomes in most situations, the most optimal move is to attack with two different weapons every single time that have two different mastery properties. And that just feels a bit odd to me. I don't like that that is like the optimal play style is, you know, because now it is a free action to to stow and pull out a new weapon. So it like okay. it, it makes weapon juggling kind of the the I don't know about expected, but it is the the optimal play style. And that just feels a bit off to me. And we'll probably talk more about that with the the fighter uh, as, as they get more options and more ways to manipulate the weapon masteries and such. But uh, that's that's one thing that I'm kind of keeping an eye on in terms of just not sitting right. Yeah, I think easy fix for that is just make it harder to juggle weapons. I don't remember the exact ruling of how it is in 1D&D. And it is a playtest, so I think they could just modify it. So it's like you can't just freely juggle weapons all you want in combat between like all of your, all three attacks if you're in a fighter or whatever. Because that feels silly. doesn't feel thematic. I have trouble picturing how that would actually work. And so just cut it off. Don't let that happen. Yeah, I think it was an attempt to make the whole throne aspect a little bit uh, better so you could like actually mm-hmm. draw you know, daggers endlessly and such. Um, but it was applied to everything. So we'll we'll see where that actually lands. But otherwise, I will say that I, I think some of these mastery properties are going to feel pretty boring compared to others. I just I don't I don't love all of them. They're not all equal um, at this point. Yeah, there definitely needs to be a good balance pass over them. But overall, like in the terms of the design philosophy to make weapons choice matter. I like that. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and the reason I, why I even said that it, it was it was supposed to be a, a tactical option, uh, that actually is straight from Jeremy Crawford. That was the intent of these, as specified in the, the video beforehand, just like these, these are supposed to provide tactical options. I really don't see a situation where your martial characters are going to be choosing their masteries in the morning or choosing their weapons based off of the enemies that you're fighting on a regular basis, because I think mm-hmm. these play more into the general play style you're going for. Like if you're yeah. a crit fisher, let's say, then you're probably going to be going for something that gives you advantage. And that's not going to change because you're fighting anything different. I mean, unless it's a huge creature and you know, you're not going to be able to trip them. Okay. Maybe that changes what I'm doing a little bit, but otherwise I think it's going to be, basically sticking with the same one unless you're doing some weapon juggling to make use of multiple masteries. Yeah, it's a choice you would make at the beginning of the combat because the from what we've seen in the Fighter and Barbarian, they do get multiple masteries and so have those different weapons on you and they get more as they level up and fighters actually get ways to change them and I do like that and we'll talk about that in detail during the Fighter video, um, which we record after this. But... Otherwise, it is like, yeah, you're seeing what you're fighting. It's like, oh, I'm holding something that could trip and this thing's huge. So let me stow this and pull something else out, like you said. So it is a tactical choice, but it's like a choice you make at the beginning of combat. Right. Which does not catch you up to the tactical choices of spellcasters, being able to make a choice of spells to cast in whatever every single round. Right. So it's not quite there. Especially in comparison to what a lot of people were asking for and have been asking for, and that was giving Battlemaster maneuvers to all marshals, basically, Mm -hmm. or at least full marshals. And we're obviously seeing that's not the direction that they're going. They're trying to accomplish that with the weapons. And I 
personally am still holding out for some battle master equivalent uh, with, you know, martial dies and, and different choices that, you know, a huge list of choices by the end of uh, Tasha's, there was, I don't know, 20, 30 battle master maneuvers and mm-hmm. being able to give those to all marshals, I feel like would, would nail this a lot better than what, the weapon masteries is doing right now. I don't hate it by any means. I think you're you're right. It makes weapon choice more interesting, and that is a positive. Um, I just it almost feels like it's it's one piece of the puzzle, and we need to have still more to make marshals have that not only in combat versatility but out of combat versatility, which battle right. maneuvers did provide, uh, especially again in Tasha's. Right. Yeah, like a whole new system applied over top of the warrior type class right say ever that the whole any any class has the warrior type has access to this and it's a whole new system that applies over the top i think that could work right so it's like it's recognizing the problem but it's still taking a half measure in my opinion to to really make any meaningful change on it yeah all right right, so then we've got spells and not a ton we're gonna we're not gonna go through each spell because a lot of them are class features but that alone yeah. is worth talking about. Yeah, I don't understand why the design change was done. Because like a lot of it very much like at like wizard level four or sorcerer level four, they get a class feature that says you get the arcane eruption spell and it's always prepared. And that spell is only available like to wizards, which are sorcerer. Yeah, or sorcerer, whatever at fourth what? level or it's a fourth level spell, but whatever you. Yeah. Which goes directly in in the other direction from what they were trying to do by making an arcane spell list, a nature spell list. So where they were, you know, they start off by saying, we don't want to have these spell or these class specific spell lists anymore. You know, it takes up too much space. It's too confusing. And then they come in with these class features that are now specific to classes. And it, you're just remaking that and making it really complicated for for people to find out what their ability is because now you have to you know look at your spell and you say okay i have this this feature and this feature gives me a spell so let me go find this spell and it's on the other side of the book and that's just messy i I don't really understand the intent besides um besides that i don't know making it easier for like a, a virtual tabletop you think that would do it for that? Like, I, so the sorcerer's seventh level feature, Arcane Eruption. You can now unleash magical energy that roils inside of you. You always have the Arcane Eruption spell prepared. And then you have to go to Arcane Eruption, which is a sorcerer-only spell that can't be picked. And this is the only way you get it. And you get it at the level. You can get it anyways. And then read what it does. It is effectively no different than just a feature. If they took the description of the Arcane Eruption spell and put it at the seventh level feature here to explain what it does, it's... It's mechanically the same. It makes no difference. Right. It just makes it harder to read. It's like what we've talked about with um, Pathfinder. As much as we love Pathfinder, the rule books are very much kind of self-referential where you constantly have to well, like use a keyword for something in a rule and doesn't explain it there. And you have to go and find that. And then in that description, uses two more and you have to go and read that to make sure you understand everything. It's building it up that way because now you can't just look at the seventh level feature and know what you can do as a sorcerer. You then have to go into the spells and find it. And it's just makes it to me feels like it would be harder to learn the class to know what you can do. It's a lot of flipping around and stuff. And sure, I guess if everything's digital and you can just click on it and it pops up, I guess that's what you're saying easier on a virtual tabletop. But obviously not everyone plays that way. 
No, it is a lot of, as, as I understand, reason why they're making some of the changes they're making is it is difficult to program what the the rules are uh but being able to codify this just as a a spell means that now they can just say all right at seventh level this spell is now always prepared and it just kind of makes it so that it would then go into your spell list and be where it's supposed to be because that is the end effect right is you get a spell and it goes into your spell list and you can you know tie that to your spell slots and that's where the benefit comes from but for not playing digitally as said that it really does just make it a little bit more complicated and just again harder for new players i feel like because they're they're looking at it and they're like all right i'm fifth level what do i get oh i get the spell all right let me go over here okay now i actually know what i can do it's it's messy and in regardless of whether or not they want to keep them as spells they could at the very least just as you've said twice now just put the spell there don't make me go somewhere else for it. Just say, this is what the spell is. Don't have it anywhere else. Don't even have it in the spell list because it's not part of the arcane spell list. It's just the wizard spell or just the sorcerer spell. So just leave it there. I mean, yeah. In def- I'm going to go to bed for Watsi. <laughs> a rare Yeah, first. when you hit level, f- <laughs> when you hit level five as a sorcerer or warlock or w- wizard, you get a thing and it's probably a spell. This is not a new pattern. It, there are dozens of subclasses that give you spells. Uh, there's features that give you spells. They've been removed, but we'll talk about that someday. Uh, this is a pattern that people aren't going to have to get used to. You get a thing, you look it up in the spell book. That's how spellcasters always worked. And I would also like to say as... The guy, you may remember me from such incredible predictions as they're removing short rests. Uh, you, yep. They're getting rid of spell casting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. We thought about like Mark, uh, Hunter's Mark and Hex as class features. And we're like, will they become class features? Will they become spells? Turns out they're moving class features into spells. We got it completely backwards. So yeah, same end result, but yeah, same end result. Uh, but uh, this is what I will say is. I think the sorcerer ones that we were talking about, which are like these damage spells that are cool, very cool. Those make sense to me. Whereas they took a lot of the wizards features about how they do stuff, like taking spells out of scrolls and memorizing. And they added some cool stuff. Don't get me wrong, but it's spells now when it was features and they don't feel like spells. That's a very good point. Yeah. Like modify spell and scribe spell. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah, those were class features. They were already kind of baked into, well, Scribe Spell was already baked into the Wizards class features. And now it just, I mean, being a spell makes, it it really doesn't even make sense from a thematic standpoint. I've never once considered a wizard casting a spell to be, or scribing a spell to be casting it. it. It just feels really shoehorned in as a spell. Yeah, and, and all of and those it, do. Maybe we'll talk about that more when we get to the wizard. Well, I, I think we just jump around because it's no, so whatever. no, Ellie. We <laughs> have to be strict on this for the algorithm. I don't know if 
that I does that way. No, okay, no. yeah, fine. Talk about um, it. <laughs> because also, like, you went in the wizard section. It's like they kind of they put in how spellbooks work as a class feature with the explanation of so it's all in the one place. And like, I that makes sense. I get that. It's not this weird sidebar of it. It's an actual feature of having a spellbook. Sure, but then within there, it references to you need a cast scribe spell to be able to add to the spellbook. So it's not all in one place, anyways. You still have to go to the spells. And again, I guess if it's all digital, it doesn't matter because it'll be highlighted and you could just put your cursor over it and boom, there it is. But for anyone else who's trying to do this by via book, it's you're flipping around and it's a pain. And it's since, again, since we're on the topic of wizards, just and we're trying to keep this as an overview of more general design philosophies, I really dislike how they really leaned into wizards being able to modify spells. Same. In the way that they did. We've talked about support, I think, in the probably the sorcerer retro yep. links at the top about how fixing sorcerers and making them more distinct from wizards and that kind of conversation because they could, to new players especially, feel kind of samey and then sorcerers feel weak and that really, really common thing from feedback from the community and large is oh give sorcerers more spells they don't have enough spells and like i get that instinct but all you're doing is then like making them closer to wizards because wizards that's wizards thing and sorcerers are supposed to have a small number of spells that they're really good at modifying and casting to fit their needs so now in this ua sorcerers have a shit ton more spells and their preparation casters from the arcane spell list which is the same spell as wizards have access to and with the justification and like the little sidebar thing in here is like, oh, well, this was the most requested change, so we're going to do it. And then you go to Wizards, and now they have a lot leaning into being able to take the spells that they have and modify them to suit their needs to be able to cast them better. But so it's sorcerers still like, have meta magic, right. though. So they've and made the, the classes even more even, similar. Yes. <laughs> and I would actually say the Wizards modify spell stuff is better than the sorcerers meta magic. It just oh, comes yeah. on a little. Just comes on a little later. It's way and it's better. Like, what the what the fuck are they doing? It's like no, keep the classes distinct, and then throw warlocks into the mix, and they are no longer short rest casters. They don't. They're they're like every other. They're like half plus casters, half casters plus. They got I think a few more We're spells and half casters. We're just in, aren't we? I know. I see. We are. <laughs> Whatever. This is just Ellie's rant time now. No, 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 no. Let her cook. <laughs> So that unique class distinction from Warlocks completely ripped out as well. Because again, the common feedback was, oh, Warlocks should be able to cast more spells. And it's like, we have enough viewers where I'm sure there are people who watch this who've had that feedback. I'm really trying to not insult people. It just feels like, just play a wizard. You want to be able to cast a bunch of spells and have a lot of versatility when you play the Sorcerer or the Warlock, then you play a wizard. Um, Warlock and, and is that's a, what the point yeah. is. That's the class distinction. You know, it's the same yeah. reason of if I'm playing a fighter and it's like, man, but I really wish that I had more single target damage and that I had, you know, ways to to sneak and to hide. Play a rogue. Go play a rogue. That's what a rogue's for. Just there's a right. reason why there's different classes out there. Multi class into <laughs> warlock wizard if you want. Right. Yeah. And if, you, and if it's warlock, about the filth. <laughs> And it was about the flavor of it. There's no way you can't play a wizard who has some otherworldly patron. Sure. Like, that's easy enough to do. Right. Um, and of course, yes, then you get like into invocations and stuff. And there are differences beyond just the spellcasting, but like the core difference between sorcerer, wizard, and warlock. Wizard had a huge variety of spells they had access to, like a big tool belt that they could pull out as they needed and prepare every day. Sorcerer had a small number of spells that they were locked into, but they were supposedly 
they dropped the ball on it, but supposedly supposed to be really good at casting them and modifying them to fit the moment with via Metamagic. And Warlocks were the short rest casters in that approaching it the unique way where they couldn't just be blasting a bunch of spells at once, but they came back on a short rest. And so it was this entirely different resource management pattern and that fit a different niche to where they could keep going as the wizards and sorcerers couldn't. And they was like, fuck it. Just everyone's long rest casters. Sorcerers get a bunch of spells. They're all preparation casters. Wizards can modify their spells. I don't like it. It's To add on to the sorcerer issue, if we will, a lot of the spells that they now get as class features are blasting spells. So you could even argue a lot of times that sorcerers, that was also their niche, was that they're the ones who are less utility and are more blasting, which, yes, giving that as class features does open that up, but giving them the arcane spell list means that now the spells that they're having freed up to prepare, instead of preparing Scorching Ray, instead of preparing fireball or lightning bolt or any of those they're like well hey i get that from my class feature Ooh, i should get more utility spells so yeah we're, we're just falling into this pattern of now wizards have enough spells to prepare their blasters and their their arcane ones and they've got ritual casting okay that separates from them from sorcerers great a little but, bit a little bit like right. rituals come up like once every few sessions it seems sure so, I mean, yeah, you're you're just you're completely uh, smudging the lines of distinction between these classes. And I, I'm really not a fan of that. Right. So let's talk real quick, though, about what they actually did to distinguish sorcerer, because they did try something. Sure. And it's something that we all love to pretend to love. And that is just making shit random. Each of their new features is if you roll like a certain thing, a certain thing happens. They're a cantrip. If yeah. you roll, you know, you're, if you roll a six on the D6 damage, you get another six. You can get infinite sixes. Chaos Bolt. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's a spell that already exists. Just in fifth edition. They could just. Uh, Sorcerer's Burst. Yeah. They oh, took Chaos yeah. Bolt essentially. It's, yeah. And they Chaos Bolted everything onto the Sorcerer class. So that's yes. like the idea now. Yeah, Sorcerer's Burst is like, the cantrip. Chaos Bolt's the first level spell. Okay. So you had to scroll if you up like to getting the spells excited about to figure stuff. that out. <laughs> if you like getting excited about that, good And news. I don't dislike the random stuff, but... No, I don't, but I it's, also it's want it to as be a class-defining feature. Yeah, I liked it as a subclass-defining <laughs> feature. We do it with the Wild Magic Sorcerer and then certain spells you could pick, but as like the core Sorcerer class. Nah. <laughs> I don't mind it too much per se, and and it's really just for those those spells. I will say, arcane eruption, which is the the fourth level spell, is definitely an an odd one. Uh, so that one, not to go too far into the rules, but it's like you, you roll six d six, and you can choose one of those d sixes, and depending on the 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 one you choose, you get an ad- a additional effect. And they really range in power from the the first one being incapacitated, and it's an AOE, so you can incapacitate a lot of people, down to six, which is deafened. But it's choosing any of the 66 you roll, so there's a really high chance you're going to get incapacitated every single time, as long as you get a yep. single one. I mean, there's like, I, I think I saw the math somewhere, like a 30% chance, if not higher, that one of those will be a one. Maybe it's even higher than that. I... I can't do math. Somebody, but, yeah. somebody do put it into any dice and, and tell me what the percentage is. But when you have one that's supposed to be chaotic, but 
it's also very clear that there's an optimal choice and you have the option to have a choice, then you're not even getting the chaos right. But it's a strong spell, so I guess that's something. I mean, kind of. It's a level higher than Fireball, but does less damage. But then, yeah, then it has... But like, it incapacitates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah, that sounds like the next update spell. for yes. for, uh, for Wizards, though. It's like, oh, you can cast Fireball. Ooh, and it incapacitates everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll just say this this turn from let's talk about spellcasting to let's talk about all the spellcasters, but that's that's fine. It, it really does seem oh, like there you. there needs to be some decisions made as to what what I guess we, we kind of did this in our retros, right? It's just like, what is this class supposed to be? What does it mean? And what does it feel like when you are a wizard or when you are a sorcerer? And let's make some abilities that back it up, not just trying to, to make everybody happy because this was the most requested feature and this was the most requested feature. It, it goes against the the claim that wizards made early on that like, Oh, we're going to kill some darlings. You know, you're, you're going to be a little bit upset because we're going to have to rip off band-aids because fifth edition had some holes. It had some issues, but we're going to come in and we're going to fix them. And this goes against that entirely. Yeah. Let's talk about some marshals. Yeah. Let's talk about some marshals. Barbarians. So I like them. <laughs> I say, despite the very strong opinions I just had about all of the casters and spellcasting here, barbarians, I'm kind of neutral on. Um, I never felt like barbarians were that broken of a class in either direction. They had a very clear character concept, like class identity to them. And they've kept that. And it's just kind of been tuned up in a way where I think it's fine. Like, they yeah. clean some things up, combine some abilities that were separate that they didn't need to be. Um, one of the they got they have mastery as they're a war kind of martial class, so they get weapon masteries right away at level one. So that's cool, as we already talked about. I don't need a rehash. Um, rages, you now have the option to keep rage going, which I liked. Of again, it kind of talks about it in detail in the uh, little sidebar about how it's now the player's choice to keep rage going. Like rage keeps going because the player chose to hit something or use the bonus action to keep it going, not because something happened to them, which is yeah. just nicer that that works. Agreed. Agreed. Um, mm-hmm. I will say I'd like to see a little bit more for out of combat stuff. I talk, yes. this is, this is like my, my pedestal that I will stand on and, and shout about forever. My soapbox. That's more the term. My soapbox that I will stand on and shout about forever until I see some meaningful change. Uh, they added the primal knowledge where they can use a rage to make one of their, or make some of their uh, skills, uh, strength-based instead of dex or charisma or whatever. A thing that very often would be allowed by DMs, but now it's consuming a, a rage, which still only comes back on long rest. Uh, it would give you advantage on those, which is kind of interesting because if you're raging, you have advantage on strength-based ability checks. And you know if you're strength survivaling, then you're now going to have advantage on that if you rage. So it is arguably an all right use of rage, but I think early on it's going to be really hard to justify when you have such a small amount anyways. They did not up the amount of rages you get at all, though they did bring down the class feature of getting a a rage back if you're out of them, right? Yeah, it's earlier now. But that it's, was it's still like, pretty late. It's not like level yeah. five or something. 17. 
Yeah. So whenever you roll initiative, you regain expended use of your rage. And now they don't get a limit on rage is at twenty, but I don't think they really need it now. So no, I, I, they never really needed it. What but was it before? I don't actually think rage was. Oh, never. Right. It never came back. Yeah, it was just the twentieth that got infinite. So that's a new thing. Yeah. So I think tying that to the rage ability is the biggest mistake there because I shouldn't be less good at my combat stuff or have less combat resources because I want to you know, expend one outside of combat. Yeah. That's, and, and, you know, we could probably go back and forth about how wizards have to make that choice all the time, but wizards have 15 spell slots. Barbarians, we're going to talk about them having, what, three to four for most of their class progression, five when they get into the the middle high tiers, and then capping at six, obviously, besides the one coming back on a a, a fight. So, that's it's just not enough to justify that as a, a class resource. And I think they need I to think, pull it out. I think the question though, is what, what do you do? Uh, the only resource barbarians get the only place they can really squeeze anything out is with rages. The problem of course, though, is rages the awkward 10 minutes, which makes it really strange to use. Because it's great if you are somehow, you know, in a situation with, you know, your acrobatics, intimidation, perception, stealth, or survival, and then you go directly into combat. Whoa, right, right. Because you succeeded. That's also good. Eh? Uh, yeah. Or no, the DM's so like, why... oh, it's been 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Jared was saying. Decouple it from rage. Um, the feature is going to- Then so couple it to what? Proficiency Why bonus. Does, yeah, no, not even proficiency bonus because they're they're moving away from that for uh, multi-classing reasons. I agree with that for the most part, but right. tie it to strength, strength modifier. Yeah, yeah, up to your strength modifier. What? Why does this have to be complicated? There's so many other class features that do that. I get that we want to keep barbarians to be pretty simple because they're generally more intro classes, but let's not <laughs> pretend that adding a two resources is just going to blow every barbarian player's right. mind and they'll never be able to figure it out. <laughs> so I that's the question, though. It's like, what... what what is that doing though? It's like half your barbarian level, you can get advantage on a s- ability check. What's well, not advantage? You could use your strength in place of. Yeah, and honestly, I would take out. That the sucks whole... though. How does that suck? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a barbarian. I hit stuff. You're not here for hitting stuff. Well, get out of the barbarian. You you might not be the the right uh, demographic here because you do. No, I'm the exact right demographic, <laughs> and the others are wrong. <laughs> The idea is is that Dungeons & Dragons is not just a combat game, and as the game evolves, it's going to be less focused on the the dungeon-crawling combat parts. So all classes need to have usability in and out of combat. So if you keep avoiding that, Wizards of the Coast, I'm talking to you, if you keep avoiding that, then we're just going to keep having these circular conversations. So you can argue it all you want, but like classes need to be good at both. And this is one way that to make the barbarian good at stealth or whatever. And and I don't know. I, I view that as a positive. And I, I want to see even more at later levels because this still is just something at second level. And then that's the only thing that they get for out of combat. All right. But we should move on because we will do a whole barbarian episode and go through every feature as we usually do. Last tiny thing. Path okay. of the Berserker. It's oh, kind of cool now. It. Yeah. Kind of cool. Now. Oh yeah, they fixed it. Yeah, yeah, fucking we'll, great. We'll we'll go into that in detail on the barbarian episode. But yeah. I was I was pretty cheesed about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. It was it was a low bar. But 
<laughs> but they did surpass it. Yes. Okay, fighters. Um, again, I kind of similar thought on what I have with the Barbarian. Like, it has its class identity, which it sticks to and didn't need to be completely reworked or anything. And they just kind of tune it up. They get the weapon mastery, and they even get more flexibility in the weapon mastery than the Barbarians, which is solid because I think they should because they're the fighters, and that's 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 what the fighter is. They're great at all weapons and versatility. Um, I like how they have the ability later on to later on to be able to swap around the mastery on a weapon type. Um, I think it's after every long rest. And yep. then eventually be able to apply two weapon types to one weapon and choose every time they make an attack which mastery applies. So that's pretty cool. That's starting to add into that um, tactical choices that we were talking about. Right. I don't think it's quite there of getting... It's definitely not quite there. It's not getting up to the level full spellcasters. But as much as we talk about that, at what point do you just kind of like accept like they're not going to be if you want that level of complexity, that's why you play a spellcaster. Like there is a point where you realize, okay, we're not going to get them all the way up to the same choice level of choice as wizards because they're not wizards. Right. <laughs> like there is a, a difference. Yeah, that's when I, I see the I see both sides of the conversation because people will also talk about how you know, this is a fantasy game where wizards are casting magic and people will get upset over, oh, well, the fighter having too many abilities. That's not realistic. It's like, well, <laughs> none of this is realistic. So why are we why are we drawing the line at fighters being able to to do, I don't know, more more superhero stuff? I don't know where I fall on that, to be honest, because I, I do like the fighters grounded a little bit. I like my entire magic systems to be grounded a little bit. But I also love this game, so I don't know. It's right. <laughs> it's a tough one, uh, but I I will say that I think it's a it's a small step. I, I I don't think it's it's entirely enough just yet. I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, the indomitable change is interesting. Is really really strong now. Um, we'll probably talk more about that in the the full thing. Uh, but I I think that they're they're recognizing the. The concept of a fighter being just good in combat is 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 made better. Yeah, but same with the barbarian, though. Also, kind of lacking the out of combat stuff. They they get some at least one additional proficiency to pick from. Which that is, eh. yeah, they were actually done even worse than the barbarians in in that case because yeah. they got no class features. It's it's like you said they they gained the ability to choose persuasion as a skill. And that was specifically right. listed as a design change. Like, thanks for the breadcrumb, I guess. <laughs> it, it didn't really do much. So I'm still just holding out hope that that they'll recognize, you know, maybe just and, and maybe it's not all marshals. Maybe it's just fighters. Like, here you go. Here's battle maneuvers. And that is the class feature. You know, maybe we don't have this whole weapon adept where you're able to apply two different things because your your battle master maneuvers can kind of take care of that. I'm still hoping for more. I don't think I'll get it, but I'm, I'm going to keep pretending that I'll get something if I yell right. about it enough. And then champion. I think champion's still just as boring. It's not really. They fixed it, though, from being complete garbage to being okay, though. What fixed it? Uh, features that were literally just dog shit are now no longer just dog shit. Well, I think 
we'll we'll leave that as a little teaser. We'll talk about that more in our fighter episode. How about right. that? <laughs> we'll do a, a full comparison of the the two and the changes because um, it did it it made it a little bit better, but uh, it's it's still kind of boring. And then the next three are sorcerer, warlock, and wizard. Do we have anything else to say on those? No. End of episode. That's. I think we've got a lot to talk about with the warlock, at, or at least something to say that's about the fine. warlock. Because yeah. that is. It's, I know we kind of covered like the big picture of them, but that's fine. We could we could go through them. Um, no, here's here's something important to say about sorcerers: additional meta magic options uh, and and being able to change them on a long rest. That was two yes. of our our major things we talked about in the sorcerer remix, redux, whatever. Um, was that you should be able to change meta magic options on a long rest? That has been satisfied. Box checked. I'm happy. I'm happy in that sense. You still don't get enough sorcery points, though. I uh, unless I missed it. And again, when we do the in-depth episode, we can confirm that or not. But I do not think you get any additional sorcery points, and that's definitely one of the big problems. You blow through them so fast. They so no, you don't get more, but they lowered the cost of a lot of metamatic options. Just one of them. I thought just it was a heightened couple. spell. I think it was just heightened spell, which was insane, costing three anyways right i think you're right yeah just heightened spell was was yeah decreased okay yeah, well, yeah we and can then they kind of oh, go on i was just saying we can go into more detail on that on, on our, our sorcerer episode as well yeah they tuned them up though they are yeah a yeah. little a little spicier that is true they're all tuned up a bit all right so then we have the warlock which is Easily one of the biggest changes. I mean, we've already mentioned it where they're no longer a a full caster in Will's Will's terms. Uh, they are actually a, a half caster down from their, their short rest recharge. And say, Will was right to, again, give, give credit where credit's due. He's been saying now for months that they're going to be trying to get rid of short rest as much as possible instead of fixing them. And here it is. I mean, we're, we're really not seeing much of anything in terms of short rest abilities. And then warlocks just get this absolute gut punch, turning them into another bland half caster. I don't... I probably just should sit this one out until we do the full episode. But <laughs> I will say that I vacillated from just like complete blind rage to like, all right, that's okay. Just, <laughs> as I read it, each each new paragraph, each new heading, it was like, what the? All right. it, it looks really bad. When you pull up that table that yeah. shows the half caster, you're like, I'm going to lose it. I'm yeah. going to jump headfirst through my <laughs> front window. I'm going to try and land on my head and forget what I just saw. And then you look into it and it's like, all right, there's some reasonable there's, stuff here. There's some good stuff too. I mean, you're, you're right. Like the subclasses being moved to third level, I think is is fitting. Uh, the, the first level packed boon being the, uh, or, or sorry, getting the packed boon at first level instead of third level also just feels so much better, uh, you know, swapping those around making those spells a little bit weird, but at least the spells now give you everything you need to satisfy that pact boon. Whereas before it felt like there were invocation taxes. There's still a couple out there, but I do think it's decreased ever so slightly. And you now get at least one more invocation throughout your, your warlock career. So, you know, if you took all of those changes and you put it on the chassis of the the short rest caster warlock, I'd actually be pretty happy. 
Yeah. And also a unique thing about the Capicta spellcast and ability modifier. What? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of subtly in there, but um, if you look at the top, primary ability, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma, and then based on what packed boon you pick when you pick it, like if you pick a pact of the blade, then you could pick a, either your primary abilities, wisdom, or charisma. Huh. I totally Or that, you know, that. intelligence or charisma. Yeah. Um, I did two on the first three read through for some reason. I don't know why it didn't stand out because that's kind of big. That's very unique. That is cool. I like it. It's that. actually um, super not unique because what it does, it is just really, really drags you into samey territory, in my opinion, especially with Pact of the Tome being like wizard features. And then you're an intelligence caster and it's just. You're just wizard like with medium armor. I don't, I don't even dislike it and I kind of get where they're going with it, but it's very, very minor. And at best, it's just very samey. It's a lot better for multi-classing. <laughs> very true, which I don't a think. A lot. I don't better. know if Warlock needed much for, for making multi-classing better and more enticing. Well, kind of, because they are kind of. They have been very judicious in making sure multi-classing bullshit does not squeak through. It does seem like more care has been put in than obviously 5th edition. So I guess our show is ruined. (laughs) Yeah, our show, it's over. This is the last one. Um, They still um, have the issue of, there was that issue like Hexblade, the one level dip into being a Hexblade mm-hmm. Warlock is like, oh, just too strong for so many classes to pass up because then you could attack based off of your charisma. Um, they actually made it better because now for, it seems like Hexblade may not even be here anymore, but Pact of the Blade, which is a Pact of Boon, you could pick at first level and make it Wisdom or Charisma does the same thing as that first level Hexblade feature of allow you to pick Wisdom or Charisma as your spellcasting or as your attack modifier. So it's actually even better for multi-classing now because previously it was just like like a paladin super benefits but now like a cleric would super benefit in a one level dip into warlock to pick that up as wisdom or a druid especially like a spore druid one level oh, dip yeah. into the arrow of pact of the blade picking wisdom as the primary like it's like only obviously it's hard to make the call without seeing it all as one big picture but based on what we've seen in our understanding a fifth edition kind of combining it with this it seems like like hexblade is one of those dips where it's like almost always worthwhile if you're the right class and it seems like this is the same and it's even the right choice for even more classes yeah the one thing that it it that makes it somewhat less enticing is at least you're no longer getting spells back on a short rest (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) which was really really nice um and i I guess the last thing i i will say i I don't know how i feel about the multi-classing aspect yet i think there there needs to be a little bit more untangled so i'm hoping by the time we do our warlock episode we'll see more community thoughts around it and we can steal them and pretend they're our (laughs) own no um but you know just just kind of piece those together more uh but uh the Something I would like to see if they are going to be getting rid of short rests is keeping that packed magic set up and just making it so that warlocks can get their spell slots back on a even shorter rest, something like 10 minutes or as an action, they get their spell slots back. Something that is, you know, really tough to do or justify in 
combat, but it's still possible and they can only do it, you know, twice a day or something like that. Cause that was the expectation yeah. anyways, that you're only short resting twice a day. So I, I just hate them moving away from that entirely. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like this was honestly the laziest option. And the fact that they put it as like a oh, warlock's lack of spell casting was the most requested thing in the, the 20, whatever, 2021 survey. It's like, I, I want to see those responses because I feel like that's not what people were saying at all. I want to talk to those people. (laughs) I want to talk. I just want to have a nice chat. We will not threaten violence against random (laughs) D&D players. I just want to talk. I know. (laughs) But it it just doesn't feel like that's what people were actually saying. And I'm I'm making such an assumption here, right? I didn't have the answers to it. But just based on general community thoughts, it was more like short rests are bad. So that makes Warlocks a little bit hard to justify sometimes because people don't play the way that Wizards of the Coast expected them to. And they took that information and they're like, oh, Warlocks don't have enough spell slots. It's like, that's not what anyone was saying. That wasn't it. You missed it entirely. All right, Wizards. Yeah, Wizards, I actually have nothing more to say about. Because <laughs> we we did, I mean, most of their their class is spellcasting. They right. changed, you know, a lot of things to spells. I guess the only thing that, that I will add is the memorize spell and modify spell are really strong. Or at least the, the yep. modify spell in particular is really strong. And I don't think Wizards needed a buff. I think Wizards could have actually come out of this with zero changes besides reworks to their subclasses, which they did with Evoker and I think was totally great changes. And everything else on top of it is just a big middle finger to to Marshalls when it's the biggest, one of the biggest issues with 5th edition, obviously, is the the Marshall caster disparity. And they were just Mm -hmm. like, let's let's just keep furthering that divide by now making it so wizards don't even need to make concentration checks. Why should they? They are above concentration checks from damage. Yeah. Yeah, real quick. Modify spells a fourth level new spell. Uh, you, it only takes a minute to cast, and then you could take a spell you have and modify it, where like, it doesn't require a certain component. If It does require concentration, but it doesn't make a check. You could change the damage type. You could increase the range. You can make it a ritual. Uh, and there's also then a way later on to make it permanent that modified spell is a now permanent spell in your spell book it's cool but i kind of would want sorceress to have it um, it's also so i unusable. disagree on that yeah you disagree on it being cool I, or you want sorcerers to have it or all of it i think sorcerers suck <laughs> I, I actually don't i'm just saying that but i don't think i actually do like the idea of this particular thing being a wizard thing because it actually makes a lot of sense as a wizard thing you do your nerd study stuff and you're like, oh, I'm going to turn the knobs and turn this into a lightning ball. <laughs> That's actually very wizard like. Sure. And I think we, we like lean into the meta magic being like that. But this is this is fresh, unique. Uh, it's probably broken somewhere that we haven't seen yet. But uh, I do like it. I, I saw how it was broken already. Actually, somebody it was on Reddit, so I, I can't give credit where credit's due uh but somebody's talking about how the fabricate spell can now be a ritual and you can just make plate armor because it doesn't have material costs or something like that and you can just kind of endlessly you know destroy any economy by being able to make fabricate a ritual spell and that's like a ninth and that's actually great that's great as a dm you can teach your party what happens when the market gets flooded with plate armor (laughs) it's it's just going to be like unions coming and and busting your wizard up. Like, 
And nothing happened because everyone's in plate armor and nobody can hit their ACs anymore. <laughs> that would be funny. Like, that's how you really punish them. It's like, oh, wait a second. Every, all of our enemies have plate armor now. <laughs> Run into like a bear in the forest. Plate armor. <laughs> Invincible bears. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really where I land overall is wizards just, I don't know. They got a buff. Did they need a buff? Did they need more knobs? I, I, not really. And if they were going to do it, they should have been more subtle tweaks, not just not the potential that, that create and modify spell are. There's just too much potential in it. Mm -hmm. Scares me. All right. Is that a wrap on our overview? Yeah, probably. I think okay. I think we're supposed yeah, to have nothing. some some advertisement at this point. Oh yeah. Uh, we kept but, it decently short for us. Yeah. I, just, I feel too too worked up to say anything about somebody somebody else take it. Fan roll dice. You 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 know the drill. Somebody else do it. I got fan roll dice. Too, they too have emotions. cool dice and dice accessories. Uh, use the code MM10 to get ten percent off your entire order. This does stack with sales going on. If your order is above fifty dollars, you get free shipping. And they really just to have a huge variety of really cool dice. You always hold it up to the screen, but at this point, I have like the logo taking all of us up, and we can't see it. And I just put images on there. So perfect, Jared. <laughs> Gemstone dice, metal dice, banner dice used to be metallic dice games, uh, good resin dice if you don't want to spend all that money, big, huge variety of different cool stuff, liquid core dice. Check them out. Yes. MM10. Thank you. Thank you for taking that in my moment yeah. of weakness. And thank you, as <laughs> always, to our patrons, Cam Cameron C, Ed G, Craig A, Brian H, Isaac M, Jeff W, Star Shinobi, Vincent M, Barons, Bob F, Gray, Joe P, Muddleweight, Rick D, Sensibly 20, Tyler S, Adam A, Rob K, and Sir Laugh-A-Lot. You are all fantastic. And if you want to check out the Patreon, you can get early access to episodes like really most of the time at least been really consistent with it like tuesdays usually that's that's a couple days early yeah good yeah. stuff uh as well as show notes and occasionally other random miscellaneous musings uh, and if you want to support the show in other ways you can head on over to monstersandmulticlass.com forward slash support where you can find that as well as our other affiliates like fan roll dice uh, bardly describe so on and so forth and as always thanks for watching